0: What is up? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Game Over Greggy show. Again, I am not Greg Miller. Surprise, I'm much shorter than he is. My name is Nick Scarpino and I will be <laughs> running the ship today or steering the ship or whatever you do with the ship. Yeah, when, uh, what,
1: how all do the way way, ships work? God, who the fuck knows? <laughs> What's
0: the, we the last time you piloted a ship? <laughs> Nobody knows. Not I'm once. running this baby right into an iceberg. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Let's do this. Let's Titanic the Let, let's shit out of this. carnival cruise lines this. Oh, damn. <laughs> what was the Italian cruise line? Wasn't there an Italian one that was like super that would just capsize and everyone's like, fucking Italians shouldn't be on boats. I just
2: remember the Carnival Cruise Line from a week ago, where 23 people, most of them in the same family, got kicked off because of a brawl. Oh, they no. got into a brawl, and most of them, it's like, is it like two rival families or it's like an extended family? Some Romeo and Juliet shit going on. The best Montague versus Capulet situation of all time. Oh. 23 people, so well, they when had you to die. Kicked
1: off. The it, boat? Yeah. Do you mean like walk the plank type shit? Oh no, but they should. Have can them. you imagine oh, just no. one by one? just yeah. Being like, hey, we're not pulling over. We're all the way out here. To be perfectly <laughs> honest, though,
0: the amount of people that the people that go on Carnival cruises they, that doesn't surprise me. There's a lot of Italians that go on those, and we're not known to keep our temper to ourselves, so I would not be surprised. <laughs> they by make
2: that. the captain like dress up with like a peg leg, like, and you he's know, like, "You gotta you walk the plank." Make him walk the plank. Oh god, I'd love it. <laughs> oh. uh, of course,
0: too, all the way to my left across the table is uh, the pure one, Tim Geddes Let's most and. A very special guest is joining us today, ladies and gentlemen. If you watched the morning show, you saw him. If you did not, you're missing out because it's really good. Mr. Mark Ellis. Oh, is cheers. Us today. Great having uh, you guys he hosts this is a uh... movie talk down on, uh, on the Clatter Network, as well as the Schmodown Trivia show that you have seen me on a couple times. And did I win? No. But one day I will. The sign of a true winner, as you've often told me, is that <laughs> you keep losing, but you keep trying. Failure is a good way to, uh, to get
2: better. To get closer to winning, yes.
1: I don't know that I've ever. Won any. That if you fail <laughs> enough, you win. Tim's just yeah. shaking his head at me. Uh, oh it's my been, god! It's been quite a day. Like this yeah. is this is a weird day for kind of funny because usually me and Nick are uh, we, we just can't be separated. Like we're joined at the hip. We are inseparable. Uh but today, just because Greg's not here and how I've had to host the. There's the game half of the shows, and then right. there's the non-game half of the shows, and I feel like I've just been on this other island away from you. And so you, you guys have been all hanging out. I didn't even get to spend time with you. Well, with I the, thought uh, I was the one started. causing
2: the rift, and I didn't want to oh, be the no, one no, 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 driving no, no. the wedge between but what you. I do
1: appreciate about you is I, I like I do not know you well. I, we, we said hello to each other in the other room. We're about to talk for an hour, and that's exciting to me. But you are a very important figure in in, in the dynamic that is me and Nick's relationship yeah. because you're you're kind of like the other woman in a way. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. No, like we're not that close, Nick but we're goes, getting there. No, but Nick yeah. goes down to L. A. and has like I don't know. You have all these oh, L. A. friends. I do have some
0: cool L. A. friends
2: right yeah. now. Well,
1: people are doing cool stuff. I'm down jealous. There, and I'm does happy he refer to, be a part to of us
2: him. as as his cool? Hey, I no, gotta go. I gotta he, go jet set to see my cool L. A. friend.
1: He does this thing where he's just like, Hey, I'm you know I'm gonna I'm I'm doing a day. when you when Nick calls it a day trip, I'm always like, You're so oh, not L. A. <laughs> he does the cash drop. Like I'm yeah, just going to L. A. for a day. You know. I'm gonna I'm go to I'm gonna go to collider, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do something It's like I love you dick. I, gonna be I happy never, hour the never w. stop
0: being you Let me just explain <laughs> to you guys something when the plane touches down on the tarmac of Burbank Airport mm-hmm. And they go we're gonna be deplaning from both sides uh, And I go out the <laughs> rear because I'm always late and I, I have no good numbers anywhere at any of these rewards programs so I'm not always fucking the last person but doesn't matter uh-huh. when I get off that plane <laughs>
1: the asshole LA. of the plane. I am
0: on the I'm getting I'm being spit out of the asshole of the plane. <laughs>
1: Which is always fun.
0: It is fun. Mm-hmm. And I walk down the stairs and my foot hits LA soil. It just feels right. Do I imagine that I am Daniel Craig from that scene in Casino Royale where Adrien Lima walks past him and goes, "Ooh." Yes, I do. Every single fucking time I get off and I step onto the tarmac.
2: Oh, that's a good question. So when, okay, so that's your answer for yeah. when you, when you land on a plane mm-hmm. and, yeah. and you're walking through the airport, I always fancy myself, Johnny Depp from blow.
0: Oh, that's a good mm. one too. You know, mm. I always pretend
2: there's just like, like, like just a full suitcase of Coke I'm yeah. carrying through, mm-hmm. but I'm, I, but I'm walking to Ram Jam, you know, yeah, uh, I'm walking to black Betty. Ain't nobody stopping me. I feel <laughs> so good. That's, oh, what, that, that's what I want to be. In reality, I'm like when Robin Williams gets off the plane in Good Morning Vietnam mm-hmm. and he's like half dressed and he doesn't have his <laughs> uniform on at all and he's yeah. bitching about the heat. That's who I really
0: am. That's yeah. that's generally I'm probably closer to that as well. You loved it. Last time we came went down there for LA, you were like, this is fucking awesome. Because Burbank, if you've never flown into Burbank Airport, it's not a real airport. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm convinced it looks like it a, is a It is a movie set that someone left
1: up and they just accidentally started flying planes into oh, it. I am shocked thing.
2: they allow planes to land it's there. Dumb. It's dumb. There's sort It
1: sort of sort of sort of Hope Airport, and now no longer called the Bob no, Hope Airport. No, it's still referred to as the Bob Hope Airport. But they took the, his name down, and it's not real anymore. Well, they
2: did that after, because the it was built in 1969 so they could film the moon landing, nice. and then after that, they yeah, started okay. landing real planes there, okay. and planes taking off and into Burbank Airport. It's a great, it's a more expensive, okay, um, but it's so much more convenient for people because you can get in and out of Burbank Airport. It's like going to the mall. Yeah. It's great. There's They don't care.
0: It really, really is. Yeah. I like how you subtly threw in a cons- what did I say? I didn't say anything. Into the airport, and you know he's done it three times now. Where he was like, "Let me just tell you about JFK and why the parade route was changed the day of." And I I'm can, like, I, well, let's "I can do not 90 do minutes that. on JFK. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the moon landing happened. Like, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> are you are you really someone who buys into the who, who goes I into, buy the into the JFK theories? conspiracy? A thousand sure. percent. Yeah.
2: Uh, that makes that's 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 hard. You gotta look to in it. the sewer. That's where the gunman was, in my opinion. Um, but
0: just shooting up from the sewer. <laughs>
1: We were just, just talking about this How yesterday is, about like I was saying I was like I want to be a denier or something you know there's all these like the climate change deniers yeah. and all the, the flat earthers and stuff I was like I just want to commit to something mm-hmm. and just be like no nah, it didn't happen and just see if I can convince people that I truly believe it one hundred percent can and that is that's why i
0: don't want you to because people look up to you you, yeah and you have the same you have a very uh strong confidence when you say things and if you were to just start saying the earth is flat you could probably convince some people i also think that people just want to like go against the grain of the system there are people i've never met anyone like this who just want to disagree with things just because they want to disagree with them myself included um so I think honestly, if you were like, let's do that, someone would be like, F-. it's that thing where it's like, remember when you didn't like fast and furious and you're like, this is stupid. We're going to make fun of it. And then at a certain point it turns yeah. a corner. No pun intended. And you go, so fuck fast, it. We're in it. Fuck it. We're in it. You know, yeah. that's where we are at with fast and furious. And by mm. the way, that is exactly what happened to us with ice dancing. Remember oh, ice, dancing? ice dancing changed my life. <laughs> are you familiar with the
1: Olympics? Mark Ellis. <laughs> Are you look, familiar with the Winter Olympics? I used to... Have you heard of Lindsey Vaughn? I, when
2: I was a kid, the Olympics were a big deal. The Summer Olympics, the Winter Olympics, and it's like the world stopped for two weeks. And now, because we get... I'm a huge sports fan, so I get so much sports content. Mm-hmm. I watch every play of every NFL game, most basketball, baseball. Now I look at the Olympics as a two-week break from sports, <laughs> where I don't watch any of it. Damn. It's so weird, because yeah. I used to care about this yeah. stuff. I really do. I still watch the hockey. I was happy to see our women be Canada. Canada. Uh, our men, I think, beat Canada curling. and that. But I, I didn't watch that. I just heard it. And I'm like, oh, good. I don't need to watch it. Summer <laughs> Olympics I get into. But the only reason I get into
1: Summer Olympics is because of the NBA. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But well, you're missing out on ice dancing. We, I hear. Because it is it is spectacular. It is the most fantastic thing I've ever is
2: seen. Is it ice skating or is so it different? Here's the
1: thing. It's ice skating, but it is different. It's so not it's, ice skating. It's a couple's yeah. thing. The ice skating is judged differently. This, there's this whole set of rules of you have to hit all these specific things in your set it's fantastic it is yeah it is very similar to pairs figure skating
0: but it is not pairs figure skating. it's kind
2: of like how synchronized swimming is different than swimming yes but they
0: both involve water exactly and people who have, can wade in the water yeah. professionally um, my wife texted me that we were watching this and it started off as a joke i was like this is dumb i'm gonna immediately pick my phone up and start just you know, screw it off on the internet or whatever. Are
2: you allowed to do that? If your wife says, hey, I'm watch, we're we're watching something. Are you guys far enough to where you can just be like, like, hey, honey, I'm, I'm here. My body
0: is here and that's enough. Yeah. We've hit, we hit that about four years ago (laughs) where, because we, my wife is a very interesting human being. She's not, she has never been. And thank God, because I don't think that I could have married someone like this. She has never been the kind of person that just needs me to be around all the time. She, that's a huge, that's a huge play will tell me she does not, she is not one of those. She's also not one of those people who uh, gives me subtle hints when she wants to spend time with me. (laughs) She will just call me and say, Hey, it'd be awesome if you could be home tomorrow. I'd love to see you. And I go, cool. I'll be home tomorrow. Right. That's it. For the rest of the time, I just assume she does not want me to be part of her life. Has it always been, been like told that so? or is yeah. it just you guys are sick of each other now? No, oh, it's, no it's, it's, it's not that at all. She's always been fiercely, I don't want to say independent because that makes her sound like she's out there like fucking fighting for social change. She is more, <laughs> she's more, um, she just goes, look, we enjoy our life together, but she appreciates having her own thing to do. That's great. That's and great to hear. She just loves her magazine. She loves her mags. She likes to sit and, so, and sometimes we'll be home together and I'll be watching something and she goes, uh, do you mind if I just go in the other room? And I'm like, no, I don't give a fuck. That sounds like a, a dream She'll just go scenario. sit and read in the other room, and then inevitably fall asleep. Because I'm a
2: single fella, and I see I see people married and I just assume it's 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 the the horror show that is marriage mm-hmm. in my mind, where it's just like you're together all the time, you never get to go out by yourself, never get that freedom, and that's no, that's kind that of important to me. We, I need my
0: downtime. We have uh, we have put a lot of effort into our relationship to a point where we can be we can be there for the things that we need to be there for for each other. We can grow together, but then we can also just every once in a while fuck off and do Whatever the hell we want to doesn't
2: do it doesn't sound like you can do that with ice skating, though. No it, no, it, no, it sounds like if you're ice dancing, you need to be with Bro. each other every waking moment to practice. I mean, I'm going to tell you something dancing, right now,
1: it just bonds you're
0: you. gonna watch ice dancing. And as, as a fan of sports, am I gonna watch it though? You, you are should fucking watch it because in four years, I'm coming to your house, I'm gonna make you watch it. I'm with gonna my wife. <laughs> and I'm taking it. my phone out, dude. <laughs> I thought I was like, This is so dumb, but my wife wants to watch this. I'll, I'll let her watch it and like, or not let her watch it, but she can watch whatever she wants. Like, I don't let my wife do anything, trust me. Um, here's your crust. The bread watch this show get, get in <laughs> fucking line um she wanted to watch it and i'm like i'll give it a shot I give everything a shot i don't care I'm fucking who cares five minutes and i'm like this is i'm not making it the whole hour on this 10 minutes and i'm like i am fucking sold riveting Whoa, nice dancing. it's fucking and it rad. got you too oh my Dude, god the i came weird, in the on the day. morning show
1: he was like Tim, you gotta look at this and we watched it with people and it blew my mind I it blew my mind so much it's that absurd. i've rewatched yeah. a segment like four different times with different people, because I keep selling them. Like you gotta look at this ice dance. You gotta get into this virtual. And it's dance. all it's a synchronized, game or is yes. it like choreographed? It's, it's this whole whole thing and the team Canada are
0: just. They're, they fucking They'll You know what this. really got me Was I'm not a very competitive person As we talked about We had lunch today We talked about how My lack of uh, competition Has probably hurt me in life um, <laughs> Our lunch was just me Or wrestle me pussy yeah. What's yeah. Fucking <laughs> pussy <laughs> um, He'd win by the way It's one <laughs> of those <laughs> things yeah. that is yeah. all yeah. right yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty <laughs> feeble In my old age um, No it's one of those things Where it came down to Where they're smart With the Olympics right They know who's gonna be The final three people Most more often than not They're like There's no reason to put Virtue and more up first They're going mm-hmm. fucking last Because they're clearly the best Mm-hmm. Second Headless. best is a French team. Third best is other team. So of course it's third. Shipsips. Yeah, the ship Um, shout out to the steps. So they they programmed that that evening's hour to build that tension. And sure as shit, it came down to the last two people were the were second and first. So the person, the second to last to go. Had the score for first, and they, and then the team that actually ended up winning went last and had to, and it was very tense. I was like, dude, if they nail this program, they're going to get this. I don't know what any of that means. I don't know how they score points. I just knew that if Virtue and Moore scored one point more than the French team, they take home the gold. And as a person who doesn't like sports, I'm like, this must be what Mark Ellis feels every Sunday. Yeah. (laughs) Well, on
1: top of that, it's not just fuck fuck who wins and who loses and shit. It's so cool to watch. There are moments, these couple, hot hot couple, skating around doing doing the thing. You can just feel the sexual tension.
2: All of a sudden, Are most of them dating like together? Well, some
1: of them are siblings, but that's a whole other
2: thing.
0: Some of them probably don't are not into each other. I'm from a part of the country that doesn't frown upon that.
1: (laughs) The siblings. The ship ship Uh, sibs. She does a backflip landing on his face like crotch first I might have seen a picture
2: of that on the internet
1: and he like wore her like a a mask like Kevin said and then jumps off and at some point jumps up and with her skates lands on his thighs and you're like how is that fucking possible he kind of like limbos down and she straight up just titanics it it is
2: awesome it's gorgeous all right I'm interested. I'm intrigued. But I'll I'll be honest with you guys and this is this is a a emotional thing that I have. And it's something that's very tough for me to watch certain performances. And I love competition because if this was ice dancing where it's your team versus your team and you're, you're fighting each other dance and there fight, can be only one, cap-wear. I'm in on dance fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm not in, I don't consider, I mean, I know it's a sport and it's competition, but yeah. if you're just performing for judges, yeah. it's the same reason I don't like being at live theater because mm. I don't like watching people fail. Mm. I, I, I like watching people win and lose. I don't like watching people fail, like fall. I hate watching ice skating because if somebody falls, I feel so yeah. bad for them. I don't like being at theater because if somebody flubs a line, I feel I get nervous before the performance. Mm-hmm. If so, like Cirque du Soleil, I cannot do. I will <laughs> not be sitting in Las Vegas trying to enjoy my weekend and watch some acrobat fall to their death hundred feet because they didn't time it right. Like I cannot stand that. It's, I get so nervous.
0: It's weird that you say that. But segueing over to today's topic, your chosen profession is to do that every night on stage and watch your friends do that every night on stage as a stand-up comedian.
2: It, it, it is a little fun to watch comics fail. I it's,
0: it's, a, it's a
2: little, a little bit different. But see, maybe it's just I, I have the confidence in myself, or at least I, I know that myself, I know how I'm going to handle the failure. Or the win, yeah. you know. I, I know I'll be able to, you know, get up, dust myself off, and, and be okay. But uh, I think I just trust myself in that situation, and I don't trust anybody else. Not because I'm better than anybody else. It's just I know this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's in any of them. Yeah, and it scares me because mm-hmm. I don't like. It's why I don't go to air shows. It's why I don't go to shuttle launches.
0: <laughs> How <laughs> awkward
2: is it if you're an air going. show?
1: That's why I don't go to air yeah. shows. <laughs> yeah. It's
2: like, hey, you guys want to go watch the planes? It's like, oh god, this is going to be a bad day. Like, uh, <laughs> what do we do? Do we stay for the other planes? I
0: guess. I do mean, we, you got to give them a shot to win, right? If you, the other one went down, do you think in you flames? survive? Like, should we, we really wait? No. I don't know. Oh. I forgot to do the rigmarole, ladies and gentlemen. I should probably put that in at some I'm point. I'm sure
1: they're familiar 24 Game minute show. This is a game of reggae show.
0: Each and every week, this we table. have uh, four, sometimes five best friends gather around this table uh, with topics for your amusement. Uh, of course, this show launches uh, every Friday at 9 a.m. And if you want to get it early, you can support us over on patreon.com slash kind of funny uh, at the $1 above level, uh, which you get to, to watch, watch live, live, which is awesome. If you want to support us a little bit more, uh, you get the episodes ad free with the pre and post show baked into them so you see all the shenanigans we talked about before and after the show. Today's topic. Topic is going to be, what does it take to succeed in stand-up oh, comedy? God. What oh, is it going to be?
2: I wish you had said anything other than stand-up. What? I could have spoken intelligently. About no. that. <laughs> so one
0: of the things that was interesting is obviously I like going down to LA because a lot of people down there are doing cool stuff that I'm into, but I did not know you prior to doing the down the first time. Yeah,
2: I guess that's how we met.
0: Well, yeah, we met yeah. that way. Um, sure. And I don't think, I didn't even know necessarily, I like I had met so many people and like, you know when you go into an organization, there's like 50 people who have been working together, like, and they just fucking know everything. And someone goes, oh, this person, this person. Oh, yeah, you should know this person from this. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I am like uh huh uh huh uh i do not know anyone's name. It took me – It's. I mean, still to this day, I, walked, I walk into your guys' office, and I'm like – I have to like ment- I have to look everyone up ahead of time so I don't embarrass myself and say the wrong name and inevitably I do. Luckily Brianne's usually there and she's like over my shoulder, like, his name is Mark
2: Ellis. Yeah, she's uh, good about that. But yeah.
0: she mentioned that obviously uh you are a regular at a number of places, not the mm-hmm. least of which is the world famous comedy store. And I say that not because it's built into the name, but because literally is one of the if not I would say it's probably the top club to do comedy at, at least in the States, if not in the world. Yeah, I think it's the best comedy
2: club in the world. Yeah. I think it's got the most history behind. I think it's got the definitely the most uh Unusual history, um, the most haunted history. It's got everything that you possibly want in a comedy club and just like a weird historic venue. It's it's more of an artist colony, is how I've heard it described, mm-hmm. more so than a straight comedy club. Although now mm-hmm. it's going through a resurgence where it's not just great
1: for a comic, it's also great for the audience, which yeah. is kind of a big deal. I yeah. love it. I've been there two times. Twice, now, yeah. And both those times has been so much better than anything I've experienced in San Francisco. And there's some nice places in San Francisco.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I've worked Cobbs, Cobbs is great, the the punchline up. Pier and Sacramento I've done Mm -hmm. those are are great clubs they're great there's great clubs all over the country I mean look if an audience shows up and we're excited to be on stage it's a whole lot of fun I could rattle off 10 clubs that I think are great places to work on the road there's just nothing like the comedy store but it's not always because it's easy Mm -hmm. like I could talk about how great the Laugh Factory stage is because it's a very easy club to perform at in terms of what does that mean
1: the crowd's going to laugh
2: it's just. Hmm, but it, why? Th-
1: like, what what makes that crowd different than Comedy Store?
2: It's a great question, and nobody really scientifically knows the answer to it. I remember I was. We're talking- not scientists,
0: Tim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're it, comics. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> there was there's there's a run of clubs called Zanies, which comedy clubs have the best names, don't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, coconuts, bananas, <laughs> Zanies. Sir laughs a lot. It has to. It has to exude fun. Yeah, it does. Like, yeah, yeah, we're the going crazy at hyenas. <laughs> <about. Yeah. laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, is there a place called hyenas? There, there, there's a run of them in uh, Texas. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Life goals. All Life goals, Life goals Tim. <laughs> Life goals. Let's get me to hyenas. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I'm doing the Comedy Castle in a few weeks. Which is in a, which is a great, but again, it's a great club. Mm-hmm. And like these clubs are now, the newer ones, they're kind of engineered for comedy. So they try to keep them a little cooler. They mm-hmm. keep them around like 65 degrees inside. Because if you're an audience and you're in there and you're colder, a colder audience is going to laugh more than the hot audience. Mm-hmm. That's why it was famous. Letterman Studio was always super cold. Everybody mm. complained about how freezing it was. But then you get in there and you're watching the show. For whatever reason, you're just going to laugh more. Maybe because it makes you warm. I have no idea why. Interesting. If you, a place
1: called the Ice House that we watched. there It's literally
2: called the Ice House, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, that's because it used to be an ice house. Really? Yeah. It did used to be an ice house. Yeah, I'm reading uh, Steve Martin's autobiography right now. and yeah, okay. He talks about how he used to perform there. And he, that's one of the things he said. Also, randomly, it was a small world, but he performed up in San Francisco his first few times at a place called Coffee and Confusion, which I looked at the outside of it. I'm like... I think that's Tote Bar, and I think I do mics there, which is weird. Really? Yeah, it's over on Grant uh, in, in North Beach, which is weird. But all these, right. Like all these book plays, is fantastic. It's, I'm maybe halfway through right now, and I'm just like it's, – it's awesome. It's inspiring, but it's also fucking insanely intimidating because yeah. when you have someone who's – and this is what I wanted to talk to you about. When you have someone who's been on the other side of it, who's put 40 years into it, who is – done the work and put the work in and you read that and you go you start thinking to yourself how what am I signing up for here well there's doing the work
2: and then there's doing what he did which is a lot of people put in the work and can have nice careers I can I can have a very nice career for myself provide right. a nice living for me and the children I don't ever want to have no but Steve Martin more. was maybe the biggest comic of all time mm-hmm. if you look at just their apex Steve Martin was selling out arenas he was selling out 30,000 seaters a night all over the country just doing his wild and crazy guy stuff. And fans could not get enough of it. And that's the best part of that book is what you're going to get to is he got to the pinnacle of stand-up. It's almost like so, so, so many people have tried to climb the stand-up mountain. You're climbing it right mm-hmm. now. I'm climbing it right now. You know, we're, we're all looking for a Sherpa to get us to the next plateau. He got to the top. Mm-hmm. He got to the top. And he sat there and he said, where can I go from there? Oh, shit. I Nowhere. I'm done with stand-up. I'm literally done. Because he'd talk about how time after time he would sell out a theater. They're screaming for more. Thank you, good night. Gets off, gets back into the car by himself. The car takes him back to his hotel. And he can't go into the bar and celebrate. He can't go out because he's too famous. So he just goes back in a hotel room by himself. And he just sits there. And that's your life. So you have to be so in love with that hour that you're doing Mm -hmm. that it makes the other 23 hours of your life that are kind of hellaciously either lonely or frustrating because people are trying to get your autograph all the time. That's it. That's, that's what your life is. I mean, for me, the hour is so much fun that I can I don't have throngs of fans that are bugging me either, you know? Right. And it's just like, like that's, that's what, that's what winning a championship in, in
0: standup is, Mm. is that level of loneliness and isolation. So he was, (laughs) so dialing it back, let's go back to the beginning. You're 14 years old. No, I'm joking. <laughs> At what point did you say, hey, I want to be a stand-up? Um, I love making people laugh when I was in, uh,
2: when I was in school, and I, and I either had a propensity for it or a, just a sheer amount of desperation where I was a fat kid. Yeah, you know, me too. And um and but I was always funny and like like I could make people laugh and so I was always in with the cool kids. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I was never like like you know, people call you fat every day of your life. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna get a chubby joke. If I got out of school without getting called chubby once that day it was a big, big W for me. Mm-hmm. But I still was in with the cool kids because I could either make fun of myself or make fun of them or or throw it back or for whatever reason. And then I got into high school and I'll never forget just like the sound of making a classroom laugh. And I was the class clown where I tried to make the teacher laugh too. Yeah. I wasn't just like like farting when she, you know, did mm-hmm. roll car or whatever. I was trying to make them laugh too. You're very
0: inclusive, I appreciate I, I that try to get you. everybody
2: united. It didn't yeah. always work. Yeah. But I tried. And again, <laughs> I, I was a roll kid. Ever. And I'm trying to be funny, occasionally I made fun of the teacher, mm-hmm. but it was really funny. Um, and I I just kind of learned that that's, that's my in to whatever I want to do, you know, because like girls would notice you, you know, you get asked to Sadie Hawkins dance because you're the funny guy Boom. and all that stuff. And I, there was a couple of movies that were very influential around that time. One was The Nutty Professor mm. um, and the other one was Liar Liar. Oh yeah cuz I like I saw Ace Ventura in the theater and my I wanted to go see Blue Chips cuz that opened that weekend too with Nick Nolte like and Shaq. you sports nerd. nerd and I was like no dude Shaquille O'Neal's in this movie you got to go see <laughs> it. it's going to be great and my buddy's like no we got to go see this guy the white guy from in Living Color I'm like yeah I know him the previous don't look that funny we saw Ace Ventura and we howled yeah. laughing so hard I did not know a man could make comedy like that. So I was a huge fan of Jim Carrey ever since. When Liar Liar came out, I was kind of like, I was in high school, but I was just kind of bored. I I felt like I had hit a wall with like, yeah, I'm making people laugh in in class, but it's not worth it. Nothing's ever going to go with this. And then I went to go see Liar Liar, and I'm sitting there in a packed theater, and I'm watching this one dude on screen make a very diverse group of people laugh. You know, men, women, all races, all ethnicities where I grew up. And they're all laughing together, the same thing. And I'm like, God, that's a special gift this guy has. Like, I guess this is, this is something that is worth pursuing. And it just kind of like re, reawakened me into wanting to do it more. And that's, I still consider myself a junior in high school. Like, that that's literally where my mentality is. The modern era of Mark Ellis started there, and it has
1: not progressed since then. Yeah, I'm always fascinated that they still let me drive. Um, So what's interesting (laughs) to me about this is looking at Nick in the last year, you know, I've known him a very long time now, and we've done this forever. But in the last year, you decided, I'm going to do the stand-up comedy thing. It was your New Year's resolution on the show. We talked about it. And then you, without really telling us, just kind of slipped off and did it by yourself mm-hmm. and went to the open mics and started getting in there. And then it wasn't until you did a couple that you then revealed to us that behind our backs you had been, and I mean that in a fun way, uh had been kind of doing that that mm-hmm. whole thing. And now, you know, we've well documented your travel since yeah, then. But which wh- I can postulate is how you know that he's serious about it.
2: Because if he made a New Year's resolution on the show and and had like a big hey, it's, it's Nick's first time doing stand up. Everybody come out and watch. And it's like, okay, well is this a stunt? Is this just like a fun radio thing? Or does this guy really care about it? The fact that he snuck off and did it without anybody knowing. Because that's how you do it. You do it. Stand yeah, up is you, you exposing yourself to strangers. Not literally. You get arrested for that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's showing a piece Unless of you your life Lee. or a piece of your mentality, your viewpoint to strangers. It's not about inviting your friends. It's really not about inviting your fans. You get famous and you get fans and it's great, but... It's about you telling your truth to a group of people you have never met before. And so to do that the way you did it means that you actually
0: cared about this craft. It's very weird because I still think kind of along those lines where I kind of feel like I'm putting my friends out when I ask them to come see me. And I almost feel like I'm cheating a little bit. That sucks, doesn't it? Where you're like, when I have 20 people in the audience that I know has heard these jokes before, but that will be, they'll, they'll give me the laugh, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I feel like I'm not earning it. And that was, that was for me, it was like, I, I went out and I was like, I had this inclination that I was going to like it beforehand. I mm-hmm. knew it was going to be hard. Um, I had this inclination that I was going to go and then I was going to like it. But like so many other things, I'm like, oh man, I have to admit this to myself and I have had to admit this to stage? everyone.
2: you been on stage? I mean, you'd been on stage in front of people.
0: Yeah. Oh, like yeah. Doing, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Doing thousands? This or, no, I mean, I've yeah. been, we've done, when we do uh, packs or any, like Comic Con, any of these places, we pack rooms full of like hundreds, if not thousands right. of people. So you've I spoken have, in front of like, oh, yeah. I have zero, laps, yeah. um, I have zero problems with that. But there's a difference between uh, improv, uh, Im- improving what you're going to say. Well, not even improving. You're just speaking from your heart mm-hmm. and occasional jokes come out like we're doing right now versus saying, y- I am inviting you here you're going to sit down and for 10 minutes I'm going to try my damnedest to make you laugh there was just it's not that the audience gets put on guard but there's an expectation that I'm telling you I'm delivering comedy it's like when you order a pizza and someone delivers Chinese food you're like that's fucking weird because I wanted a fucking pizza bro Um, that's a terrible I, I should stay away from metaphors yeah. analogies whatsoever but it was deep nah, not really Um, I, so yeah when I snuck away to go do it I'm like I want to see what this is, but I also want to see what this is not from the guys of Nick from kind of funny who needs your help. I just want to try this and see because part of me looks back in the past and says, like, I'm very proud of where we're at right now. I'm very proud of what we get to do. But part of me wonders and will always wonder what if I had the motivation and the tools that I have now? What if I had even 50 percent or 25 percent of that when I was 22? Because I was telling you, oh, you earlier to
2: backtrack, like, well, I like where, backtracking, where would
0: I have been? Yeah, because I think, oh, I love this. And I think I wish I look at the guys that have been doing it for 15 years. I'm like, oh, that's so cool that you have done this. For, you've committed to this and look at where you're at in your career and look at how many people, you know, and all the cool things you get to do. And you travel around the country and you perform at clubs. I look back to when I was 21 working at the Irvine Spectrum and I used to park and walk by the Irvine Improv every fucking day and it was like it was just a it was just another building to me Mm -hmm. and now it's weird to look back and know and like think oh if someone that in my life that I looked up to or maybe even if someone said hey you know what you should try this you should think about this you should go to a show and let me expose you to this because I think you get a lot out of it and I think you could do it but I just for whatever reason the road just took me around the Irvine Improv. What years were you I was there probably around two thousand one, two thousand two. Okay, that yeah. was when I worked so before LA. I landed
2: on Plymouth Rock. Out yeah, in LA. but yeah, that's
0: because I was in yeah. there. I was there during college, and I graduated in two thousand two. So I worked for a couple of years there, and of course, you know, my brother went to school at Fullerton, so I was always over by Brea, by the Brea Improv. We, right. had, we have great comedy in Orange County. There's great clubs there. Um, oh, both, did you ever both go those clubs to? are great. I went. I took a date. Once on a second date for her birthday to see Andrew Dice Clay, mm-hmm. and it was it was her birthday, <laughs> her birthday. See <laughs> to see Dice to see Dice, and she was like, "I don't really know who this guy," is and I'm like, "Let me prep you." Now, granted, she was the kind of person that I'm like, "I know she's gonna think this is funny," because I knew her; we had known each other for a while. Dice's Dice's stuff is really good too. It's good, but I, I. I it sounds like it's more of a uh, of a of a leap than you think it would be because she was like she had a really great sense of humor and she could hang with anyone and so I was like I think she'll appreciate seeing this guy but she didn't have any uh, context for him whatsoever she wasn't like a big dice fan of the eighties she she never saw the scene like The Adventures of Fort Failure and any of the specials he had done um, but we sat there and it was at the Bray Improv and I, it was so fucking weird and surreal to see a guy that I idolized when I was young right. standing in front of me. Like, mm. it made it so much weird and real. But even then, I was like, I could never deal with this fucking guy. It never mm. even occurred to me. Now, granted, he spent 20 minutes calling a guy an asshole face because the guy was a heckler. And by the way, if you ever go see Andrew Dice Clay, don't heckle him. Not don't good sit, idea. Would you don't do that? sit Not in the front row yeah. and heckle Andrew or He jo- made Joe this Rogan's guy leave. the same way. Yeah. Don't do that. Oh, Clay, Andrew Dice Clay fucking made the guy leave. To the point where his wife was, like, asking him to stop. He was like, just, just stop talking. Let's just go. Let's I have just seen, go. I have it seen dice brutal. go
2: so deep into a heckler, that and hecklers, hecklers deserve it. By yeah, the way, fuck yeah. So. Dice will go deep in, and we're and we're laughing with Dice. Mm. Now the whole crowd is united against the heckler. And then Dice keeps going and then we feel bad for the heckler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he yeah. keeps going and then we remember why we hated him in the first <laughs> yeah. place. And then we're like, Yeah, get, get him get him out of here. Fucking it's, kill that guy.
0: He will he will spend a good chunk of time on a on a heckler. I'll never forget that. The guy just had the balls to interrupt him one second and dice. Fuck he called him asshole face. He's like, oh what do you think about that asshole face? And just kept coming back. And the guy's yeah. like, I'm not even talking anymore. I'm dice done, is like dude. it doesn't fucking matter, bro. Yeah.
2: You're done. That's funny. I mean, I, I remember my first time being in a comedy club and it was like, it was nothing short of a revelation to me. Really? Because it, we went to, uh, for Easter break, for some random reason, my family, it was me and my brother, my sister was was in a different college. So it was me and my brother, and my mom and my dad, we just went up to New York for a weekend and uh, to, like go see like Phantom of the Opera or something. And then I was like, hey, dad, you think we could go to like a comedy club one night? You know, because we're there for three nights. And so he's like, yeah, let me look until we get the Zagat's Guide. You know? <laughs> and we uh, we find danger fields, and it's like, yeah, danger. Yeah, uh, what a great let's go to Dangerfields. Go to. And I remember just being there, and and the first thing that struck me was like, this is a very casual atmosphere, like because you have no idea what to expect, you yeah. know. If you're coming at Santa from what you've seen as a kid at the time, running like Robin Williams Live at the Met right, from Video right. Update, it's very different. This is just a dingy comedy club, and then all of a sudden the show starts, and the host comes up, and and she was okay, but I remember being like, okay, this is this is what a host does. How That's old are you at this point? In college, okay. I, was like, I was like 20, 21. Okay. I, I guess I must have been 21. And um, then uh, the, a couple other comics come by, and then, then they start to be, and it's like, it's funny, and you're laughing a lot, but these comics, they're not talking to like a camera. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing a show mm-hmm. just for the people in here nobody outside this room has any idea what we're talking yeah. about and I always love that about Santa that it's like we're in here we're the ones on the inside we're telling secrets about everybody else out there. yeah and this is the only crowd it's it's like it's like during prohibition and you're drinking yeah. alcohol yeah you know, we're the only ones that get this barrel of gin uh-huh. and uh the one that I still remember was Tom Papa went up oh, that, in there and it was when he was starting out and but I just remember he just had a great vibe he He was already like wearing suits every night and he just had a really funny take and I was like yeah this is something that's very interesting mm-hmm. and then as I continued in college I was like I think I kind of want to do this and I'd already had the inkling by the time I that's why I wanted to go to the comedy club in the first place and then I made the decision to do it I never did it in college mm- okay never did it in college yeah. did, did a little improv did some some radio and TV stuff never did stand-up
0: had you man. done theater or anything prior to this
2: uh, I acted in some stuff in 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 school okay. but nothing like nothing serious you know nothing because God forbid I've ever put myself out there. Mm-hmm and embarrass myself, you know, in front of my friends that I worked so hard to win the favor of by (laughs) by being the funny guy in the first place. So I break up my girlfriend at the time and I'm going to move out to L.A. because I had a buddy who was living out there. I could sleep on his couch. Where are you from again? Uh, I went to school in North Carolina, no, course. Okay, and uh, but I grew up. My dad was in the Air Force, so we moved around a lot. Okay, settled in Virginia. Went to school in North Carolina. Mm. And um, do you think
0: that's probably why, psychologically speaking, as your doctor right now, you you chose to? Uh, oh, try ex- to be.
2: I've gone down that wormhole. <laughs> yeah, because it's th- like, like we moved a lot on my birthday because mm-hmm. my birthday's in the summer. Like it's the mi- I'm July seventh, oh, so it's the sucks. middle of the summer. So it's like, hey, we're moving every two or three years to a new place across <laughs> Happy the country, birthday. and birthday. I never minded that much though. I mean, I would use it to garner like an extra five bucks of sympathy, yeah. you know, in the in the Christmas card. But it was great. Like like I I look forward to the family evenings at Denny's, mm. and and I look forward to the Holiday Inns that we stayed out on the Interesting. road. Interesting, and I still do. Like I'm shout I, out to Denny's, man. It's nice. I'm saying at the W tonight, but I'll. I I, I I love a Holiday Inn Express. Yeah, you know, I love that kind of stuff. And driving out there to L.A., I stopped at the Zanies in Tennessee the first time, which is a great club. It's in Nashville. And I saw Robert Kelly open for Dane Cook. Oh, fuck. And I was a big Dane Cook fan and watching his Harmful Swallowed stuff in college. Dane he was Cook a is monster. fucking funny. He's great. And people he's give him great. so much shit. I'm sitting in the front row by myself and he comes on stage and he just takes over the room. Really? He's, he's one of these guys. He's going to use every ounce of the stage. He's going to walk around, especially back then. He was very physical, walk around. But I remember thinking, like, he's doing the act that I've already heard. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, he's not making this up oh, okay. in his head. And that's
0: always a weird revelation, right? It
2: is. It's it's I wouldn't categorize it as disappointment, but it's like, oh, I'm starting to see just a little bit. I'm starting to see the wizard's shoe behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. You know, I just see a little thing and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm that
1: starting sounds to this casual, out. but it's not. That's like it's right. very premeditated. It's especially weird when
0: you see a comic uh, work on the sort of impromptu moments, mm-hmm. the things that are that he like he like they're acting like they just thought of it and they're going to the crowd for it. But it's like, it's like no, oh no, you've been working
1: on that for a while. I've seen you do that. You're before. trying to make it sound
0: natural, but you're none of us are good actors yeah. at all. No, <laughs> or or <laughs> no. else they the
1: good ones are. And I think that's the thing. It's where it's like it kind of disappears into it, and you buy that they are coming up with it on the spot. And it, it's weird. The first stand stand-up I saw live was was uh, Aziz Ansari mm. and it was his at that point I guess third special that he did and I'd seen the the first two on on TV so this and is I pretty recent yeah, right? uh, I mean at this point maybe three or four years, years ago, ago yeah. yeah and I loved him I thought those the the stand-ups were so fucking funny the specials were great I'd watched you know dabbled in the comedy central stuff the Russell Peters and mm-hmm. that era of things but to to go and see him live was probably the most disappointing thing I've really? ever done uh, where we were in this big arena esque theater, and uh, we're seeing him do his thing, and it, it was like he wasn't doing the stuff that we've already heard, and he was very clearly being like, "I'm doing something different," and I was like, "This isn't why I came to see you, really." You know, yeah, and it, it was it was weird, and I didn't I didn't enjoy it at all, and I totally swore off live comedy. I was like, mm, "Not it's for a, me." Please don't judge
2: the rest of us by his ease, um, but. <laughs> Who I don't think is bad. I mean, like, his texting ability aside, like, I don't <laughs> think, like, wow. he, I don't think he's a bad comic. He was just never my my kind of taste. I really like his acting. Like, yeah. I like Master of None a lot, but um, there it, it, it's an interesting, it's interesting to hear you say that because comics, we always have in our head that we're the opposite of a band like Journey, mm. where when you pay money to see Journey you're not paying to see the new stuff. Yeah, It's cute, you worked on a couple of new songs. Yeah. Play Don't Stop Believin'. Yeah, play Faithfully, play Open Arms, mm-hmm. play Stone in Love, I'm a Journey fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when you see a comic, you don't wanna see me do the Don't Stop Believins well, and the guess, Open Arms. I
1: guess that's where this gets complicated, is because you, you say you don't, but you really do. And I think that's the problem, because I went there, and when he did stuff that was radically different, I was like, man, I would've almost preferred that you did the same set that I, I had seen two years ago, so it's, you know, not exactly yeah. fresh in my mind. And I'd still laughing because I I'd still think it's funny. But uh, but yeah, it is you still want that type of equal, same but different, right? Mm-hmm. And so that totally turned me off of all the comedy stuff. And it wasn't until Nick started doing this that I was like, I, and you know, with the resurgence of Netflix and comedy and like, Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's really I what mean, got me i me saying. I mean, I I watch a stand up special like probably four times a week now because yeah. there's so many of them, and I, I love watching that. But I was like, I still give up on this live thing. Then I started going to open mics with you, and I'm like, I'm fucking addicted. I, I think, love I, it. I
0: think you didn't get into it until I took you
1: Punchline that first time. The, the Punchline so, changed oh, everything. How do you, how do you, you like me. Punchline? Uh, it was amazing. So yeah. we
0: I took, I, take, I took Tim one time and his girlfriend, Gia, to, Punchline does a showcase every Sunday, yeah. called the SF Showcase. And you have to go, I don't know if you ever did it, but you, didn't, you probably didn't have to. Um, we go, all the open micers go every Sunday and we just hang out and maybe we get picked and maybe mm-hmm. we don't. I have yet to get picked. Um, but that's gonna be the case. Well, Who was that? Who was it? Jared said bye. Bye, Jared. You got, I love how you're love best you. friends
2: now. You're my best friend. It was wonderful to meet you. Have a great show, Jared. Thank you so much. I will endeavor to do so. Bye. As
0: well. Bye, Bye sir. Um, I'm going to marry that man. He's okay. a great guy. He's married, though, already, unfortunately. But, you know. Maybe it'll get legal. Maybe maybe at me, I'll get legal. Um, so I took. I was like, "Hey, Tim, I'm doing." Actually, what had happened was I was at open mic prior to that at mm. OMG, which is the most. Yeah, you, you want to see the opposite of a fun club? Go to the open mic on Sunday nights at OMG.
1: It is it's tw- called OMG. OMG. It's called is it a full time comedy club? No, no it is a, a, gay, a gay gay bar. Gay. Yeah. Okay. And we went in there. Yeah, and there was no gay men. No which is not a good sign at a gay bar. No it, no, no one's there. So, if, so the, no guy, the, the there. guy that runs the place no goes to there. get a little extra
0: income, doesn't open mic prior to okay. their Sunday night activities. Okay. Um, but So I started going there because a lot of the guys that were trying to get past at, uh, at, at, at Punchline would go there to work on their material. Mm-hmm. First, shake off the rust a little bit. Uh, you know, make sure that you know you know you've done it before. I'm sure I've done a lot of stand up at um,
2: gay bars too. There you mm-hmm. go. There's a lot of good ones in West Hollywood.
0: I was disappointed that there were no gay men in this gay bar because if I, mo- more often than not they find me attractive, and that's how it goes. More it's often fla- than not, it's very flattering. Out there. It's the
1: beard. It's because you have a beard guy. <laughs> oh yeah, it is because you have a beard guy. You
0: know? No, all kidding aside, it's the worst mic on the planet because it's the 20 or so comedians that are going to try and audition for punchline that night, and they're all nervous, and they're not paying the attention 20 to or so. Well, it's
1: not the time I was. No, there. No, it's been it's been the, a lot of six or so. A lot of people have been the coming only back to people in that bar. It was five of them and the bartender. And oh, my God, it was horrible. It was brutal.
0: So yeah. I had tweeted out that I was there and Tim and Gia were shopping around the corner. They came by to say hi. And then I was like, well, I'm going to punchline after this. And Tim had only ever seen me at open mics. And he's like, well, what is this? I'm like, well, this is sort of like. All of the the locals that are that are kind of up and comers are generally get to go up on stage here, and they they do sets. And there's you know there's always the handful of like five or six people that are really good and hitting the next level, and they're paid regulars there and have been passed in this system. Um, And then there's the rest of us. So I was like, I'm not going to be able to go up, but you guys can come. And that night just happened to be really good, some really good oh, comics.
1: It was 10 out of 10, honestly. And Tim like, was really? like, whoa. There was like 20 different people that went up, and they were all really I think
0: fond. that was eye-opening for you, because prior to that, you'd seen me bomb a bunch of times. Everyone I, else bombed a bunch of times. I mean, when I say bomb, I don't mean like, hey, I told some jokes that uh, landed flat. I mean, there was a couple premises in there somewhere, but nowhere close to a punchline. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that, which I think, by the way, is, is probably pretty typical of a lot of starting Totally. It is. Is. And I, we
1: know that we're looking at a rough draft and a Yeah, working it's progress. always, like, we're, we're part of the, the whole thing. We get it. But uh, I, had, I had the Aziz experience as like the kind of the big popular guy that you're watching, and I was so let down by that. And then I, I you know, went to a couple of open mics and I was like, this is very scary and bad, and I can't believe Nick does this. Uh, and there was that. The only other experience I had was at Cobb's. Well uh, you know the podcast guys we fucked? Yeah. Yeah, I saw them do a thing live. Yeah, I yeah, I,
2: I randomly discovered that show because I was uh I was doing a run of shows at the New York Comedy Club uh in October and one and she came in and uh and and opened for what's her
1: name? Uh Christina Hutchinson and Corinne Fisher.
2: Corinne, yeah, Corinne came in and uh and did a set uh before me. She uh, she came in and did it and she and she
1: was great. She was great, she was hilarious. And so yeah. w- but what we saw was they did a podcast and then in between intermissions, each one of them did uh, the 10 minute set. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm actually seeing stand up comedy yeah. in a comedy club. Like, this is different. But at the end of the day, I still felt like it was similar to what we do. Yeah. They're just doing a panel show, they're just doing a podcast. Sure. So it wasn't until Punch on them like, Oh, this is what a comedy club. Man, nah, you got a good night
0: too. There it was, was just so like good. there was I mean, you're also talking about punchline. You're getting maybe five, six minutes up there. So it's not like you're you're with a lot of these comics for the you know, a fifteen minute set and it just happened to be back to back, like five or six people. And you that give was it just a comedy so it, fucking fun. They
2: have been doing it that long, but they have that tight five or six and, and they get a good crowd and it's time to show off. I mean, I my, my question for you is I really wonder if if being at a arena style show or like a theater style show is a good option for somebody who's never seen stand up before I, live not. because
1: It's definitely not.
2: I We were talking about this for something I'm working on later this year, where I like 800 to 1,000, ideally, in a theater, as a comic. That feels great, but I think that I'm hoping it feels that good for the audience, too. Mm -hmm. Because especially a comic, there's comics that I think work better in theaters than others, and I never Mm -hmm. looked at Aziz. I looked at him more like a guy who works in a more intimate setting
1: better than somebody like a a dane cook right or a chris rock well i guess i mean i love aziz and spe- specifically his older stuff and like all the randy and all that stuff i'm just very yeah. I'm hip-hop minded so that stuff speaks to me and i also love the over-the-topness and i love that like when he would go off and then the set would turn into this giant like flashing led lights and stuff that i get it i'm in that that's a theater show that's right. a theater show right. and they, they, he did not give me that and that that's what I thought was weird is he was just up there standing there. Well, but what's cool you know. is what you're talking about. It's just the people in the room. It's just this thing happening. It's stand up comedy. Is so unique in you're standing on a stage and the stage isn't pretty. There's no there's no, no real the cool set design fuck. or anything. There's a light on you mm-hmm. in a dark void and the, you can't look at anything else. The, all the attention is on just the person up there. And that's weird because most of the time in any other thing, whether it's your singing or your your acting, whatever, there's other shit to look at. There's things to distract you. Up there, it's just Nick standing there making jokes. Yep. If you,
2: if I tell you that you're somewhere and there's a brick wall behind you and there's a spotlight on you, you're gonna think that you're breaking out of prison <laughs> and the light just hit you, yeah. like the McCartney band on the run cover. <laughs> but it's, it, but that's what it feels. You're, you're in the firing squad there. Mm-hmm. That's what's fun about. I mean, you, you, it's a certain kind of mentality, and it doesn't mean it actually means I'm worse than a lot of people out there that who are actually well-adjusted adults. But it's just something that you, you learn to crave, and you, you literally cannot get enough of. Mm-hmm. You, and when you're not doing it, you're you're thinking about the next time you get to do it.
0: So, so catching back up, you come out to L. A. Yeah, you, and you immediately, I imagine, you just went to whatever the local open mic was, knocked it out of the fucking park, and everyone's like, "Here's money. We're just going to throw money at you." That's pretty. And then, Is that the, how it works?
2: The rest has been fancy leather jackets ever since. And here Boom. you are.
0: You have a collection of them. I've I, seen.
2: Uh, I mean, I was aware of the of the lore of the comedy store and the improv and the Laugh Factory and all that stuff. How did
0: you become aware of that though? Because those those didn't really come into my consciousness until very recently.
2: Um. The comedy store, there was actually an E True Hollywood story. Remember those?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love like those. I used to love those. <laughs> there was always a moment with an ambulance. I just want yeah. you to know that. <laughs> you know, there was always a moment where like and then right they cut a commercial and the commercial. <laughs> right. It was like right. and then right. it all went south.
2: Right. And every the end of every behind the music was, and now they're back in the studio and making the magic yeah. happen once again. You know,
0: you're like, I'm not gonna give a fuck about Nobody's that. Nobody's buying this. I albums. do
2: not care about Guns and Roses without Slash. But it's like the I think they did an Etrill Hollywood story on the Sunset Strip. And which the comedy store in that building, that property was a huge part of that because it used to be Ciro's, mm. which is a, which was a nightclub in the fifties. It's like the first time Martin and Lewis went on stage together, and that's where everybody went to be seen back then. It's where the mob did a lot of business dealings. Rumor has it the mob did a lot of hits there in the basement. Um, and then be, box, yeah, the ice house. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, why is it? Yeah, it's a fucking intimidating name for a club. And <laughs> then the uh, it's a great club though. Yeah. The ice house. We've been fantastic. <laughs> And then it got turned into the comedy store. But I think that 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 history was so interesting. They made an Eat Your Hollywood story just on the comedy store. Oh, interesting. And I remember seeing that. And then uh, I stayed at the Best Western on the Sunset Strip, uh, like kind of getting out there, helping my buddy move out there. I remember uh, him and his girlfriend were fighting. I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go walk around Sunset. I walk out to Sunset. I look that way, and I look that way. Boom. There's the comedy store sign. And I'm like, holy shit, that's it. Yeah. It It was like I was looking at Lambeau Field. It's like I'm a giant Packers fan. I've never been to Green Bay before. That's it. Holy shit. So I walked over there and talked to a crazy open micer, and they were telling me about how the Potluck works, which is their open mic. Mm -hmm. Sundays. Back then it was Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays, and you just learn the different open mic rounds, and you start getting into it, and you start doing a lot of shows just wherever you get coffee houses, bars, restaurants, occasionally a comedy club open mic, hoping to get made a paid regular. I got hired at the comedy store. Maybe a year and a half after I was out there, they finally hired, because they'll hire comics like Work the Door and like, you know, park the cars and sell tickets and stuff like that. But I wasn't made a regular at the comedy store until I was already a regular at the Laugh Factory and the Improv. Really? and, and and, And Hermosa Beach and all these other places. So I was already a regular everywhere else. The comedy store was the toughest nut to crack as far as being a paid regular and getting your name on the wall.
0: Do you, if you're coming up in comedy right now? Do you still have to pay those dues at the comedy store? What is there any way uh, into that place other than working the door for like five years?
2: I mean, yes, but I wouldn't, I would never tell anybody to, to get two walked into one club. Okay. Cause it's stupid. It's, yeah, obviously, there's more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I consider myself a comedy store guy because that's my home, but like I work every club all the time. Sure. And you need to, you cannot get two walked into place because every club has a different vibe. And you're gonna have to learn how to handle different vibes mm. in comedy. And the store is one of these places that it's worth the time investment to do the open mic and hang out and get that face time. Mm-hmm. So that's where you learn about comedy. That's where you get to be friends with these people. Yeah, you know, because because the Laugh Factory is a great performance venue. It's not a great hang. The Improv's a good hang, but nothing's like the store in my opinion, anyway. It's how just,
0: how long are we talking? You walk in the door, you're like, okay, you're hired. Okay, you're gonna start doing these open mics. How long before your name's up on the wall outside? You
2: get you get hired maybe two years after you start doing the open mic okay, to work there. And do they do that
0: based on the fact that like, okay, you might have a little something. We'll throw you a bone for some work.
2: We've seen you do the open mic. You didn't shit your pants, right? You're not one of the crazy people Mm -hmm. because in every class there's 20 crazy people and five people that have potential and those separate themselves pretty quick. Mm. Cause if you're any person on the street, you can walk up to the front porch of the comedy store and be like, Oh, that's a crazy click. Oh, they're actually talking about their jokes I see where I'm going. Here. Right, we and then with the,
0: the serious kids.
2: You start working there, and uh, I mean, what I hear now is like, I think it takes those guys. Unless look, there's always a chance that you're just that comet that just, and you can get past like mm-hmm.
1: that. But I'm not that Not guy. happening. Yeah. So how does to a lot
2: of people? Usually four or five years.
1: How does the internet change that? Like, how is Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and you know, with with, with what you do with what we do, like? Because it can get you credits in ways that you couldn't before
2: like if people get people get writing jobs on major shows a lot of comics write a lot of comics mm-hmm. that's what they want to do they want to be staffed on like the tonight show or mm-hmm. or colbert or whatever it is and they can you can get hired now by writing jokes on twitter if you're yeah. funny on twitter you can get a writing job which is great you know youtube you can you can build a big fan base off of youtube and you can you can go on you can say hey I'm going to be here at this time and people will come out and see you and you didn't need to be on TV you didn't need to do the Johnny Carson show to do that you did that yourself so it's a lot more of a uh, of a, a startup go-getter mentality than it used to be <laughs> used to be in the 80s you if you're try you're waiting for your big break you're waiting right. for the night when you hear the Johnny Carson scout is going to be at the comedy store and then you go to the comedy store and you're on the lineup and you got to crush that night and now you can make your own fame a little bit and you can yeah. cultivate your fan base to where your fan base is going to be happy to see you. So if I have a lot of Schmoes fans that come out and see me, or a lot of Collider fans. They're going to expect me to probably talk about movies. And it's my job as a comic to either give them what they want or say, hey, yeah, I like watching movies. I'm talking about relationship shit tonight. Yeah. I'm talking about the news. I'm going to get political tonight. And it's my job as a comic to have good enough material to where they're happy that they saw the show. Mm-hmm. Because that might not be the show they came to see. Yeah. But like Aziz didn't give you the show you were there to see. But if he was great... Yeah, you would have been happy with totally. It. So it's that's that's the that's the challenge, and I'm not saying that I pass this test all the time. No, yeah, I don't. But that's the fun of it. Is it? It's fun to have a test. Yeah, every night. I I I, <laughs> I cannot get enough of it.
0: Well, a perfect example of that is obviously everything's subjective, right? Comedy is definitely subjective. There's no one person who's like I am the authority on what is and is not funny. Um, recently, I just watched uh, Tom Segura's newest uh, special on Netflix, and I fucking loved it. I thought it was hilarious. But prior to that, I had started his the other specialties got on there, and I just wasn't that into it. I got maybe the 30 minutes in, and I'm like, it's just funny, but it's not not speaking to me the way I want it to at this moment in my life. Mm -hmm. Granted, I could go back and watch that a year from now and be like, oh, that's fucking hilarious. (laughs) Uh, But that's just how it goes, right? And that's one of the challenges, is it's a moving target all the time. You don't know what mindset that one person's in that's going to stare at you like I fucking don't want to be here right now. You don't know what, what happened to everyone's day. You don't know their level of energy. Um, I did. We did. We I just did Cobbs for my second time. And it was a vastly different environment than the first time. Same club. Same fucking city. Same me. But I was a little more tired. Uh, half the audience was there. Everyone else was a little subdued. The host was different this night. Everything was just reorganized in such yeah. a way that it was just middle of the fucking room. it wasn't a bomb fest I don't I, I don't want to make that sound bad people had
1: a good time we no, still well, wanted so a good show that's the thing is though it's but the it people's was, sets were great but I, they, just, I'd say it was a bomb fest it's, it's like, like it's yeah. not that they weren't funny no one was laughing it just it's because the, the audience was not in it and like there's a whole bunch of factors of why that might be the case it's almost, it's almost like really, everyone
0: got together beforehand and was like Let's just not laugh. Tonight. Let's just not. <laughs> laugh. you, want, you guys want to just? Na- you guys feel like laughing? I don't feel like laughing either. Let's just. It was rough. Sit you
1: know, it was rough. as as sitting in the audience, like I feel that need to participate and like laugh at everything instead of just what's actually funny. I but, I think for the
0: comics, by the way, uh, I don't I'm, I don't necessarily know this, but I think a few of us were a little flustered because it was supposed to be a punchline. So we had. We had a perfect crowd for Punchline. And you've done both, so you know the difference. Like You need you need a bigger crowd. You need that energy in a bigger spot. But um, someone named Dave Chappelle wanted to come to Punchline that night, so they kicked us over to heard Cobbs. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or not. I yeah. guess it's a big deal. I don't yeah. know.
1: But uh, yeah, Either when around. you get
0: bumped for Dave Chappelle, you're like, uh, <laughs> like You're also like, fucking, uh, that's pretty cool. Pretty fucking but what, what
1: I thought is funny, based on my two Cobbs experiences for sure, is comedy is subjective, absolutely. But there's something weird about when we left, everyone was talking and everyone said the same people did good, the same people did bad. Yeah. And it's like, whether or not it's your taste or whatever, it's like there is a- Well, there's, there's a group there's mentality a, aspect of it. a group, group a mob mentality, rather. Because you're in that room yeah. and you, you're laughing together and when you hear other people laugh, you're more willing to laugh. Yeah, you're having whether a whether shared more experience. More, cool. yeah. It's a shared experience and it's it's interesting to me to see how uh, the, the level of confidence of someone standing on the stage can totally change the set. No matter how funny it is, you being up there more often than not, I'm like, even when you fuck up things and like you're, you're stupid and some of your jokes suck, uh, I'm like, Honesty. you're funny. You're, you're, you are a funny person. And you standing up there, you fucking own it, and it makes it worth it. There could be someone else that's standing up there way less confident that's saying something so funny, but it's like, mm. And you could not have that confidence every night. I mean, yeah. there, there's so many factors that
2: change. Are you ready for a sports metaphor? Yes, please. you one anyway. Thank you. It's, it's like golf. Because you could show up oh, to the Jesus, same golf, you could golf show up to more? the same golf, Augusta National. At least give us ice
1: dancing. Yeah, it, on, it's man. like ice dancing. Put you can show ball up balls. to the arena. Yeah. No,
2: if if you're playing golf, you see Augusta National, right? Maybe one of the most famous golf courses in the world. It's the same course. It's the same stretch of property. It never, ever, ever plays the same. Mm-hmm. No golf course ever, ever plays the same. Because you take out a driver on one day and you hit it 300 yards down the fairway and it's great. The next day, just a little hinge in your swing and you hit it in the woods and now all of a sudden it's a totally different round that you're playing it's a totally different setup because now you're not hitting from the fairway now you're hitting from the woods now you're hitting from the sand
1: now you're here now yeah. the pin's in a different place right, so the, right, right. The, it's crazy, the same menu it's a totally different experience seeing how that has affected your set over time like being able to see your set kind of grow and evolve and change is interesting because you're you're doing that right now what are you at uh Eight minutes. I probably have a good ten minutes now. Ten minutes. Point. I mean, sure. that's crazy. Nice. Like, when, that's a, when, it's been a year of hammering out all these stupid mom
0: jokes to ten minutes. Because you, you started no mom
1: jokes. <laughs> four minutes. Well, that's right?
0: that's all. Yeah, that's the hard thing too. Is you write all this material and you like you have to figure out like, is this something that did it not work because it's not funny? More often than not, yes, that's the answer. Did it not work because the audience just. Is not there tonight, or is there some murky middle area where like? Or can is I it retool funny this funny And you just didn't did it do it the right yeah, way. Yeah, you, you just you
2: just didn't sell it. Yeah, you didn't even realize that you weren't selling it as hard as you thought yeah. you were selling it.
0: And there, so that that's been one of the biggest things. And that's also something I want to talk to you about as you as you you know are able to walk out there and do an hour. Like I have gotten, I've probably written thirty minutes worth of material, but I've thrown out twenty five of those because they just it just doesn't land. It doesn't work. I can't figure out how to make it work. So how do you balance that out of going like, at what point do you go, we got to just cut this joke loose. Or if I tweak it a little bit and trim it down and get it sleek, like, is it going to go out there and fucking perform for
1: Uh, me? That's hard though, because based on what he was talking about with the the golf metaphor, like even if it's you doing cobs every night Uh and it's the same thing, like I've seen you change your set based on reactions that you've, you've had in certain scenarios. And it's like, maybe you shouldn't have changed it because there was a variable there that affected things in a different way and it's like then i've seen you like add things back and it's it's so crazy you're at an hour like what where are you at when it comes to this comedy? do you have multiple hours you can do
2: uh, yeah, I mean, I could probably stretch it to multiple hours. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm honing one hour in particular for something, but it's, it, and now I'm in the process of like where you have too much so you don't want to give away, mm-hmm. you know, 140 minutes in one special, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to overload the audience and you want to save it for, for more things. And because you think things will work better in that set versus that set. But it's, you do have to test everything. You have to test it in a number of different venues. Then you learn eventually, you're like, okay, this joke I'm about to go to works 70% of the time. Like, you just know in your head. You're like, okay, this one usually works, but this is more of a late night, crowd, and and they might not laugh at this, or this joke might be a little too dirty for this audience, but I'm gonna do it anyway, just because you become a little sadistic when you're on stage. Like, <laughs> you want to challenge yourself. Sure. I've had sets where I, I have to go up at a college, and there's 30 kids there in a cafeteria, and I have a game plan, because I'm like, I don't want to have to think too, like, I, I want to yeah. go up and I want to get through this, and then my first joke out of my head is what I was gonna close with, and I knew I was doing it to myself. Yeah. And it's just like, you dick, what are you doing to yourself? And I'm thinking all this, as yeah. I and selling as the as joke so. and it's like you asshole like, you, you have just 58 more minutes ahead. to do because yeah. now you just and it wasn't even like a panic thing it was just like at right at the last second I'm like fuck it let's see Fuck it, I want to see what this looks like this let's isn't a hard enough scenario yeah. for me because, because I can't be sitting in my hotel room two hours ago and, and be like you know what I'm going to challenge you kid I'm going to put you to the ultimate test but there is that like fucking Yoda that little Jiminy Cricket that's on your shoulder that's like right before you go up it's like hey do, do this go fuck and, and you're like Fuck you, comedy content. Now I got to do it, oh. and but but you always learn something from. It. As long as you're learning something from your successes, and more importantly your failures, then you're going in the right direction. You know, it may never take you to to be to being the star of a sitcom or an HBO special, but as long as you're learning something
1: or a cameo on The Good Doctor, that'd be nice. Mm, I'd take that. I oh, I was I'd gonna take say, that. I don't know yeah. if. Uh, I don't know if I can get a cameo. I don't know what the good doctor is. How do you... You uh, could be a
2: doctor on the good doctor.
0: You could You a, could be
2: the evil doctor. I'm gonna have to you. take
0: his appendix out <laughs> right now. Uh, how do you, this is a technical question for me, for yeah. you, how do you organize the hour in your brain so that you don't get lost midway through? Cause this is an issue I'm having right now is the longer I go, I know this is going to sound crazy to you. The more <laughs> lost I get in my set. How do you, how do you rectify that?
2: Uh, I've always had a gift for memorizing just memorizing. Yeah. It'd be funny if you left to too. And I just had to like, <laughs> you to know, I was going to get for memorization <laughs> and I'm just going to have to vamp here by myself. Um, I, yeah, I could, I could, uh, you know, just like recall things pretty quickly. Okay. Um, so you're just more
0: talented than me. That's what I'm just better at it. Yeah. Than you. <laughs> I, think,
2: I understand. I think the main thing Nick is that I'm funny. Yeah. Um. No,
0: it's it. It really is. Oh, see, so that's the, my problem. So you're not being it's, funny, Nick. That's but, what your problem is.
2: I think you find if you keep doing it, and there is a a science to pushing yourself above and beyond your limits. Where if you think you have 10 minutes right now, you got to do a 20 minute set. Interesting. You have to do it 20 minutes. Interesting. You got to
0: see what it feels like. Yeah. You know? It's gonna feel bad.
2: Yeah, but you also learn, like, like, hey, if I have 10 good minutes, right, and I'm trying to stretch it to 20, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna open with three solid minutes, and then I'm gonna try this new thing, mm-hmm. and then whatever that new thing does, I'm gonna try to connect it back to another solid chunk I have. Then I'll go off and try to do something else, and then I'll come back to this bit. So it's almost like you have your comeback pitches yeah. that you know this is gonna work, and you know this is gonna work. So maybe don't put them together because right. you're doing a, a much bigger chunk of time, spread it out and be like, ah, what happens if this is there? Because there's a lot of little markers that I have when I'm, when I'm putting together like a like a tight hour where I know if I leave off with this, then that's going to get me to there. Mm-hmm. Like if I say this keyword, if I say like, if I say Ford fusion, I know that that means, Oh, Okay, that's gonna go into my technology bit. Sure, sure. And my sure. technology bit ends with Best Buy. And I know that Best Buy is going to get me into my college graduate thing because mm-hmm. those are just key words. Those are just,
0: so, the, so you would design it a little bit so that it's almost a flow to a story. or something Right. Like that. okay. Right. That, that, that's
2: how that's how I do it. Like if I'm pre-gaming it, because right. I do look at it like it's a like like it's like a, it's a coach scripting the first 15 plays in football. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I'm going to go here, 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 here. And then when I'm in the midst of that, I'm like, I know I can go over here and just try something off the wall. Because I know I can come back to this, mm-hmm. so you just learn to feel more comfortable, and you learn to think more on stage.
0: So, what are the big, like, milestones that you that you can identify for like your career as a comic? Right, obviously becoming a regular is probably one of them. Well, first and foremost, getting up and, and, and doing it for the first time, I'm sure, is was was not fun.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, getting made a regular, getting to do your first hour, getting to do your first TV set. Um, what I'm working towards What's right now set? is the first special doing, you know, anything that's, um, you know, in front of cameras where it's, whether it's, it's Conan or the tonight show or, is that uh, still a or, huge
0: milestone for a lot of comics.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is. So those late and night
0: shows still drive a lot of people forward. Yeah. It,
2: yeah. But I mean, in where we are today, it's not as important where you're, you're either on the tonight show or you're not. It's, it, it's a nice thing to have, mm-hmm. but it really doesn't do what what it used to do for your career. Because it used
0: to make your career if you did well. On I the mean, Ray Romano
2: walks out, does a set on Letterman, and has a sitcom the next day. Yeah. You know, that's like, wild. that's literally how it happened. Same thing with Roseanne. She walked out. She said, I'm not a housewife. I'm a domestic goddess, which is a great opening joke. Johnny Carson sees it. She's got a TV show, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it doesn't work like that anymore, but it's a great credit to have. And what I'm working on is the hour, is, is the hour special. Because I can do... I can do hours and go to colleges and do them at clubs and theaters and all that stuff, but to have it actually out there for the fans is the next big goal for me. And I really think that's that's the mountaintop for yeah. me. Is just is just getting that hour and just being like, here's here's my body of work. Here's what I've been, you know, putting all my blood, sweat, and tears into for the last uh, you know, decade. And here you go. And then and I can't wait for that to be out there because then I go back to what you were asking me, which is like Okay, now I got 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And now <laughs> I got to destroy it, right? You ta- it's out, y- you it's out yeah, there. You yeah. got to burn it down, you can, and you got to start over. You can tape it, and then you can keep doing it until it comes out. But if you're just doing it the same way, it, you're going to be screwed. Yeah. So you got to, you you really got to start working.
0: See, it's weird that you mentioned that, though, because I've seen a couple comics. I'm not going to name names, but I've seen a couple people who I was I was actually disappointed with because they did do some of the material from their prior special, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh wait, I know that joke, still funny, but. It's one of those where I'm the opposite of you. I want to see a special and I want to laugh at it, and then a year later, I just want a whole new thing, and I mm-hmm. want, and that's what I think has been really cool about watching a lot of these specials come in such rapid succession is that you get Dave Chappelle coming back with that first, those first two specials he did, which feels weird and still funny, but for, for Dave, you're like, it's he's a different person. He's jacked. He's fuck. He doesn't he look the same. That was well. weird. And yeah. I'm like, this is weird. And then you see the evolution of him coming back and being more aware of what's going on in society and being, and then, and then he starts doing the old Dave spell thing where he goes from being funny to then being like in my brain, a thought leader. Mm -hmm. And then just being a guy that I'm like, this guy needs to be talking on a mic all the fucking time. Our society (laughs) needs this. Like it is a fucking, we got to put this out. And he does that last show um, at the comedy store and it's, to me, what I feel like is must be the mountain, like the zenith of what we're trying to achieve here, which is that you can talk to people and you can use comedy in a way that is different than me telling you how much porn I watch. You can really attack fucking deep subjects, but using comedy to kind of get people off guard and make them think about these things that they don't really want to think about. And that's what I love about the co- like going to Punchline and seeing people who really fucking do this is that. You get a bunch of people in a room, and there's this this agreement that we all have, where everything out there that scares us or pisses us off, we're gonna fucking take the piss out of that here. It's all this fair is the game. venue to yeah. fucking fuck with that and talk about that and rip that apart, and and everything's fair game. And I think that's really really cool. And when you watch a guy like Dave do that, it's it reminds you of the power of the medium which is cool it's also super intimidating
2: but it's also like it's it's just one of those things where it's what i struggle with right now as a comic cuz it's it's getting to that next point where it's you you're you're not really concerned talking about your like oh man being single's hard yeah or like man college was weird like <laughs> i want to get past that i have good jokes about it mm-hmm. and i want to get them out there and then i want to move on cuz i want to mm-hmm. see what that is like for the audience where i'm not just talking about my dick all the time yeah i'm actually talking about Shit that really matters to me now, and I want to see how that works. It's a huge hurdle to get over as a comic, you know.
0: I don't. I mean, you got a great dick. First off, second, what's oh, up? Well, thank we'll you. Get more, get more beers. Can I get a water yeah, as thank well, will
2: quick? Thanks, sir. I'll, yeah. I'll yeah. have the IPA. Uh, is, it's yeah.
0: delicious. Me as well. That's that is actually a big um, a big thing for me right now.
2: That's what we were talking about on the morning show too, with like Paulie yeah. Shore, because it's like Paulie, Paulie never got out of just being Paulie. Even if he ta- was talking about politics and stuff, it's like, oh, he's a funny character, right? You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're not paying to see Paulie Shore's take on Trump versus Hillary. You know, but yeah. Dave Chappelle's take, I want to see that. I want to see what Rock's take is on it.
0: Yeah. That. And that, and that's, that's the thing for me that scares me. And that's why I know we have to do it. Is that when I go up there and I talk about how much porn I watch, I don't... It's not a shocker to a bunch of people. So I feel <laughs> that that's my comfort zone, right? If I go up there and say I watch porn every night and here's why it's fucked up, but here's why I need it, whatever. People are going to go, cool, I sympathize with you because I probably watch yeah. a lot of porn. And right? it's still funny. It's it's, it's still fun. Yeah. But that is different than me going up and like, let's talk about Me Too. Let's mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. these claims against all these people that we, that we uh, adore who are now, are we allowed to like them anymore? Am I allowed to like Louis C.K. anymore? Is that, like, can we fuck with that space? Can we talk about that? It was
2: one of the... It was one of the more interesting nights I've ever had at a comedy
0: oh, club. Did you do comedy that night?
2: Yeah. Oh, fuck. Went to the store and it was, and all three rooms were sold out because whenever there's an event, like, I mean, Louis was special to comedy, but it's like there's, anytime there there's an event or a movement or something happening, people come out to comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. They, they the, want to see the, 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 yeah. the gestures spin on it. And mm. every room I walked in all night long, whatever comic was on stage was saying their two cents about it and the audience was responding to it mm-hmm. and then i got on stage and i gave my and i didn't even plan it but i gave my two cents about it and it was it was really refreshing and it was fun and honest to like be able to be like hey we can we can all do this
0: right you know? sorry we're laughing because kevin actually put a giant picture of himself right behind you in the most poignant <laughs> moment of your story
2: was, Who that, was you? that was that we're, you
0: pulling back up for a what second what the fuck was that that, <laughs> that was, was terrifying it i was i, was, so I was literally hanging on his words and i saw your mouth behind his face I'm, I'm so sorry. I, didn't, I was down. Like <laughs> oh, no, it's Greg. I oh, thought it was Kevin. Amazing. It's Greg. Sorry about that. Oh.
2: Yeah. But if I'm telling the story of Louis and you just flashed that, it looks like it's actually like a picture of Louis in the hotel room. Yeah, like, that was pretty, pretty
0: apropos. I never know how much Greg looked like Louis Jackinoff. Um <laughs> But that's that's interesting that you said that, though, because one of the things that I would have thought would have been just the best thing for comics on the planet which turned out to be the absolute worst thing, the last thing that anyone wants to hear when you walk into a comedy club is Donald Trump. He is if i uh, there is just a gener- maybe it's not in LA but in
1: here if you're like so our president people go fuck if you mention dude, I trump, don't hear about if you this mention anymore it, it's trump and uber was that the two that i was telling you about come on oh, i ago? fucking love fucking with uber first <laughs> no, off but the thing is i will fuck with uber forever <laughs> the thing is there's the, when you're saying something yeah. about it yeah. cool when uber's the punchline you you're fucking up man Sure. and i way too often i see these people go up and they're just you have you have a ride of uber yes we have been for the last 7 years now mm-hmm. like there's nothing clever you're about to say I hate it. It's hate tough. It. I got an and, Uber joke. And, but that, that's the key. It's like good,
2: though. That's a good joke. Trump or Uber or whatever it is, it becomes so you know, watered down where you've heard it so many times. But if you can find a unique angle in there, then do it. But you—but know that you have that, that challenge mm-hmm. where it's a much steeper hill than it used to be. Yeah. When Trump was in the primaries and he was just making fun of other Republicans, it was just an easy target to make fun of. Right. And it was an easy laugh to get. Mm-hmm. The stakes weren't where they are now. You know, and uh, and it's like you talk about gun laws. It's it, you, you, it's it, it, it can be a hard week or it can be an easy week to do it, depending on what the appetite for the audience is. Uber. It's the same. Th- like, you can make that funny, but we've heard your best Uber jokes. So you better have a damn good one in your back pocket. Yeah. That's, so, yeah, that's the hard that's thing the about
0: Trump is that like we literally have a president who it just came out that he banged a porn star back like. He banged a porn star, and we're Straight and we're all, all
2: like, oh well, it was
0: just one, really. Yeah, we're like, you really think a guy like that? You think out. that's the one? But like, but they come these these stories come in such rapid succession that you're just like, nobody care, nobody wants to care about that. No. Like, we care, but there's only so much you can care about when uh, you know there's a school shooting. And like, that's more important, so we we're not going to fucking care about him banging a, a blonde porn star or whatever. Okay. But like, but a porn you star. Don't understand, like in the nineties. If Bill Clinton had banged a porn star, or if George W. had banged a porn star, that would be fucking mega news. Like that would stop the fucking world. But now it's just Bush Sr. banging a porn star. I'd actually be proud of him. <laughs> I'd watch, I'd actually watch <laughs> that, <laughs> that next
2: <laughs> day. Like, David Copperfield line works,
1: didn't it? Damn, Congratulations, man. buddy. It that wasn't it stop. wasn't Uber, it was Tinder that I was saying. Oh, it's Tinder. Trump and Tinder. Tinder jokes. It's like Cause when you start your set off, you're just like, man, dating these days is so easy. <laughs> it's it's like, stop.
0: I, but that's the thing, to Mark's point, and and yeah, that's the job of the comedian. It's like, there's I've been around enough now to know that there's a lot of. The same premises that are getting thrown around mm-hmm. it's really where you're going to take that and how you're going to take it and that's that's what I'm trying to to well, do is I want to go into the, the territory that scares people I want to be able to build that tension and mm-hmm. then that release with the comedy like I there are jokes that I'm running right now that terrify me because they're the kind of jokes that if I say wrong or you I mean the thing the thing I guys have to realize is you're telling a joke that has to do with racism right not being racist but has to do with racism I could tell you guys that joke now and I'd probably be comfortable because there's no one out there that I can see. But when you can see someone in the audience that directly pertains to that joke, it's scary because you're like, I don't want to offend this person. Like, I'm not here to offend. I'm here to entertain. And I'm here to make you think, but I've been on stage before where I've chickened out where I'm like, I know this joke isn't racist. This joke is just making fun of racism in America right now. But is that going to be okay?
2: It's fun, man.
0: It's fun. I love that. that <laughs> that's why. I go ahead. Like,
2: like if I'm, if I'm in the South and, and, and there, there's a bit that I do sometimes about uh, being a, I'm a huge Leonard Skinner fan, but it's so weird because I've seen Skinner seven times. And every time I see him and they play sweet home, Alabama, their background drops, and it's the rebel flag. No. And it's just like,
0: yeah.
2: Oh, I, I can't like it. Yeah, you. it's like, then, oh, may, th- yeah, they're going to leave it up. All right. Oh, nope. yeah, that's a Damn good thing. song, though, isn't it? Is it almost over? Like yeah. you're <laughs> this song. But to do a bit like that on stage and to see the look in people's eyes where they either really agree with you or they're really not happy you're talking about this, thats the that's the game. That's that's the test that we signed up for. Yeah,
0: it's very it's weird, though. But I think it's but that's the thing. Like if, if the last few years of my life have taught me anything, it's that when I'm scared of something, that's right where I should be. Right. If you are always operating in the in your absolute comfort zone, you are not really doing anything. And you're just out there doing. I mean, you're probably doing the same mundane stuff as everyone else out there. It, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I do the hour of hard stuff every night, and then I go right back to the mundane. And then I'm just back <laughs> in my lair. I'm on my easy chair, and I just got my sweats on. I'm like, ah, oh, the safe space. There it is.
0: <laughs> but, but I don't know. I don't know. That's the, So that, that's something that I grapple with too. Because I'm like, how do you how do you do that, right? Like you go even a guy like Dave Chappelle, who is at the top top of he comes goes away, comes back, he's now the top again, right? Um, he gets shit for some of the things he says in that first special, those first couple specials, right? And you can tell it affected him. He literally comes back and you can tell that the jokes that he made about transgendered people and the feedback he got after that hit him. And I'm like, if a guy like that can be affected, like how do you weather that storm of like, this is just a joke, but someone out there is going to get offended by it. Someone out there is not going to see it as a joke because maybe that's their life that we're make, that were that were that has to do with whatever we're talking about and it's more serious than that.
2: That's them. the that's the problem with, with with really anything these days is that if you say something that could offend somebody, eventually it will hit that they're going to see it. Mm-hmm. They're going to see everything. You can make a joke and and you can you can think you're in a safe environment and you make a joke and somehow it's going to get out. There's just too many ways to distribute content now where the person who, not that you didn't want them to hear it, but they heard it and they got pissed off, they're the ones that are going to hear it. Mm-hmm. So you have to be prepared for the backlash. Mm. Everybody's braced for it, you know? But there's one thing that's that, that's really nice about the society we live in today is that it does hold people accountable for actual shit yeah. as opposed to just jokes. Because it's like, remember, we were all getting offended by comedians a couple years ago. And then real movements like Time's Up and Me Too comes out and it's like, Though Those guys did shit. Yeah. It was awful. We're just making jokes here. Mm-hmm. So let's just all remember who the bad guys are.
0: Yeah. You know, we're just, yeah. we're, we're, we're trying out shit. Our job is to make fun of the bad guys. Yeah. We're not the bad guys.
1: Yeah. Uh, some of us are. Bad bad guys, guys. Some of the bad guys, unfortunately, by definition. A couple, of them. Definition. Okay. A couple yeah. of them, yeah, <laughs>
0: dipped the toe in the bad area and then jumped into the deep end of the pool. <laughs> Stop jerking off in off front of people. <laughs> if you're jerking off in front of another human just, being,
2: it's probably not good. Don't Unless they explicitly
0: it. tell you. Unless okay. they ask, said, yeah, do it. Just they want it. I'd
2: feel weird in that situation. If I was in a hotel room and somebody's like, hey, Mark, will you jerk off in front of me? I'm like, no.
0: No. Sorry. You haven't, you haven't lived, my yeah. friend. Yeah. <laughs> You do have to occasionally ask someone have someone ask you and you have to oblige. If they I'm I am i am on the opposite. I'm married. If my wife wants me to do anything, I'm excited, you're I'm like, in the okay, game.
1: Hey. Coach took me off the bench. I'm in the fucking game.
0: <laughs> what sport are we playing? I don't fucking know. So doesn't matter, it man. Doesn't matter. I'm jerking I'm off. I'm getting though. in there. She's Scarpino, like, no, get I wanted your to go you're to going to the right field. Why don't you go to Trader Joe's, not jerk not off. Jerk I just hear on. what I want to hear. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? 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 No. You sure didn't tell me okay. to wrap this belt around my neck? Oh my oh, God. Okay, David I'm carried in it a little bit <laughs> too soon? Is it too soon for that? See, it's See fine. that offended. Somebody. Nah, it's fine. He's, well, he was kind of a white dude, right? No, I don't know. I think he was a white. Was he guy? He was
1: kind of a white dude. Was David Carrington white? I think. He was I don't know who you're talking. I'm going to go half. You American, American, but like, it doesn't matter. Like, the, the there should never. Oh, he was kind of a white dude. Yeah. <laughs> that he just should never be your thing. Of like, no, 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 it's okay to say. <laughs> <laughs> He's, He's kind white. of a white. Any, dude. any white. of you kind
0: of white dudes out there that got offended by that? I apologize. There you go. I don't know. So, so you're so you're working on the special. Working on the special. Are we allowed to say that? Are we saying that? Have you i working that, on it yeah. Okay, we're not going to share more details coming on soon. That. Okay, coming soon. yeah. Um, what, what? do you have any deals that you want to talk about in place for that what or or are you going out there doing it on your own, or are we not talking about that?
2: Uh, I don't really have anything set in stone to be okay. honest with you. I wish I did have more, but it's it's coming so I mean the, the good news is you're going to get a chance to see me sooner rather than later right like everybody is. Not but. just like, "Hey, I'm going to be in your town or your town," but so that's that's the good news. With it. it's just how we actually distribute that is uh, is being worked out at the moment. All right. So, which is which is the frustrating part about being a comic? Yeah. When it's just a bunch of people talking about you mm-hmm. in a room. Yeah. And you're just like, just can I get on the stage? It's almost like you're. It's like you're in a room with the adults and they're talking about baseball. But mm-hmm. you just want to go out and play this. Mm-hmm. It's like, now, can we just go play this now? I'm, I'm good at the game. I promise you.
0: That's <laughs> so, yeah. That's everything though. You always have to take the stuff that you don't want to do yeah. in order to get to the stuff that Ugh. you do want to do. Yeah, it's being an adult, and it yeah, sucks. It's horrible. And one day we'll hopefully have a couple people around us that'll just do all that stuff. Did you for send us.
1: that email by the way? No, I sure didn't. God damn it! Wait, Nick. which one? The the prom thing.
0: Oh no! I have to. I have to actually do stuff. Well, for the venue, the payments for the venue. Oh. Yeah, I'll have to take care of it.
1: Cool. Yeah, adult but stuff. Man. Venue.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're throwing <laughs> a, a prom on the uh, June thirtieth, which you're more than welcome to come. You got to wear prom? that. Prom? You got to wear that Kevin Bacon tux that you got from Footloose. I can wear the Kevin Bacon. And you Bacon also tux. have to give a promposal to someone that you admire and or uh, want to uh, escort you to prom. Okay. So you got to do a video. Uh, for anyone, doesn't matter who. You don't have to do the video. You can just so if can I them.
2: so if I fancy a young lady, I don't just ask her in 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 private. No,
1: that's way too boring. I do a no. video, yeah, where
0: I it's
2: publicly ask them. There
1: has to be a hashtag, or else it didn't. Should
2: happen. it be somebody that I know or somebody that I don't know? I think it should Ideally be someone, someone. you'll be someone you super know.
0: embarrassed if they say no, so that they feel obligated to go with you.
2: That's a smart play for any yeah. guy out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, make yeah.
0: them feel bad. Yeah. yeah, make them feel guilty uh, for uh, not going with uh, you. Yeah. Tim's well, like, don't do that. Don't do that. Oh wow. What nothing. Aziz, that, whole, that situation was nuts. We haven't talked about that. We'll and we, about and we never will. And we never will. <laughs> we never will.
2: I don't know. Man. No,
0: I don't know. I don't know, man. It's well. just
2: not that hard to not be a douche. It really, it's not that hard. You know? It, re- it really, really isn't. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just... I, and maybe I'm just like a weird... Like, every time I, I've, I've gone in when I thought I had the opportunity to kiss a girl... And 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 she's like, no, I just want to be friends. I'm just like, I'm happy I made it this far. Thank yeah. you very much. I'm glad you're for, talking. Thank to you me. for the opportunity. I'll see myself out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, uh, are you sure? <laughs> are like, you
1: sure?
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because everything for the first time in human history, every interaction can be put under a microscope and really and really looked at, and it's it's getting a lot of very fascinating, like conversation started. You it can, really uh, yeah, I mean,
2: it, I, I do, I think it's the fairest thing in the world that text messages get out there. No. Do I think it's the fairest thing in the world that a awful human scum racist like Donald Sterling lost his basketball team because of a, a mm-hmm. because of a conversation that was taped in private. Mm-hmm. No, but he still shouldn't be owning a basketball team. So yeah. it's, you know, it's like, it's, it, it's a very weird thing, but it's a great lesson for everybody out there, regardless of how good or bad of a person you are. Like be careful with your shit you know it's but it's hard to send right? because dick pics, because they're yeah, going to get out there just don't do
0: it unless you want them to get out there like tim getty said don't take a pick you're not 100% confident having everyone including your mother see um, i made the mother part up on that but it makes <laughs> sense right that's the thing you have to yeah. understand every interaction you have with someone these days is something that could be known to everyone and that is just that's the way it goes and i I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily to say that you have to, but that should make you want to behave. I mean, you should want to behave because you want to be a good person. You want to be good to people around you and have that radiated back in you. That's the world we want to live, and that's the community we're trying to build here. But at the same time, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I don't speed because I don't want the ticket. Not because I'm worried about putting someone else's life on the line sometimes I just go I just don't want to deal with all that right now and that is those are two very like I I also don't want to kill people but those are two very good reasons to not misbehave Mm -hmm. right is that there might be a gigantic fucking backlash also you might be putting someone in a bad spot so just don't do it for either of those reasons whatever the motivating factor needs to be for you don't do it. Wouldn't that be so cool if that was like a rant Mr.
2: Rogers went on one day? Like he came home <laughs> and he was like he was just he was in a different mood. He just, just, like, just like throws his shoes off. Kids, listen to what this bitch did to me. Let's to talk this. about sexual and assault. It's today. Like, oh my
0: god, Mr. Rogers. Where where is Aziz now? Do we feel like like where what's
1: what's the current state of his career? I don't
2: know where Louie is right now either. I mean, you know, he said he's taking some time to listen. Very and, different uh,
1: situations, by the way, and again, yeah. we, we at some point will have a conversation about that in a more real way, focusing on the different situations of for it. sure. Sure, yeah. um, but uh, Aziz is fine. Aziz uh, is still uh, being promoted heavily on the front. He's page still got of master Netflix. of none. He's still Aziz, gonna Aziz
2: is Aziz is going to be fine. He's he he will address it in some way, but he's. Somebody I'm like, part of me is fascinated to see how Louie addresses this
0: eventually. He's going to have like, to, right? This is, like, not, this is not something that, that you just go away for six months, come back, say I did therapy. But it's and just everyone like,
2: goes cool, you're good. It's in your blood to do, to, to do stand up and it's in your blood mm-hmm. to be brutally honest in your stand up. So what's that going to look like? What's that going to look like for Aziz? You know, like, is he is he going to talk? What's going to look like for Kevin Hart, who, mm-hmm. you know, got in trouble for cheating? And, and it's like he is going to spin that into something that's probably going to make a whole lot
1: of people laugh. So, hasn't he already she's done that? He Which might. I, like he cheated while like he was on tour, and now they, they announced his new tour that she's going on tour with
0: him. That's Oh, yeah. damn. She's got a shotgun behind him the whole time. Like, Just you're not, like, don't touch my man. Yeah. That's fucked up. Just like, well, it's, double down on it. Did you watch Chris Rock's new special? Have you watched? Uh, I actually have
2: not seen it, no. He d-
0: addresses all of did his relationships. I did. What'd you think? Yeah. I liked it. Really, I actually thought the part with where he I don't want to spoil the bit, but the the, the gun control stuff, I thought that was really funny. Really, yeah, I, thought, I thought I thought
1: it thought, was so lazy, really, Beyond oh, lazy. Dude, I thought it was fucking hilarious, oh, wow. yeah. Okay. No, the, but the special was not good. He goes in, in and he talks about uh, directed how by Bob Burnham,
0: yeah, it was interesting. Uh, he talked about his divorce, and he talked about cheating on his wife, and he was very honest about it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting because when you're a guy like Chris Rock, um, I mean, they're in order of magnitude. Like, obviously, he's not committing any crimes here, but it's still a pretty big deal that you cheated on your wife, right? Yeah. Um, unless she's into that sort of thing and wants to watch from the closet. Um, <laughs> then it's not cheating. <laughs> then it's just hot. Uh, but, you know, you could tell it affected him and it ended his marriage. And he had a, a lot of things. I, th- I would say there's a good 20 to 30 minutes of that special that aren't comedy. It's just
1: him, like, breaking it fucking down I to yeah, people. I see that. Yeah, I wouldn't call it breaking down. There's, there is 30 minutes that yeah. aren't comedy, but he's just talking. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. He didn't say anything. Nothing original was said in that. The gun shit I thought was funny. I thought he had some yeah. really good bits in that. Yeah, great. He made the same joke that everyone else made better on Twitter. Also, it was that's really what it, it was, was.
0: Stunningly shot. That well, the set was fucking over, no. gorgeous. With the fucking the up, up and, lights down and down lights. lights yeah. That was so cool. He had the lights that looked like they were just a cluster of park hands that were just above him and below him that looked like fucking... Cylinders? St- yeah, what? stalagmites. It was fucking awesome. In it a was the cave? Whole th- no, it was in a theater, but it was like, it was all smoked so that you could see particles in the air and it looked very well, cinematic that was, yeah, and Yeah, that filmic. was the cool
1: thing is every, especially the close-up shots, like you just see fog behind him. Right. Cool. And it, like it created a different feel than what we were talking about earlier. That's just the brick wall and... Yeah. Spotlight. Spotlight.
0: Uh, well, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. and Thank you gentlemen. for shedding a little bit of light good. on what it might take to be a successful stand-up. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, if you're interested in doing this uh, for yourself, follow <laughs> Mark at Mark Ellis Live. And
2: go see Nick. Uh, yeah, Mark Ellis Live is the uh, Twitter you can get. Uh, I'm going to be in Portland next week at the uh, Helium. You can get tickets at uh, MarkEllisLive.com. And we have a live movie trivia Schmodown. In Southern California, where he flies a lot. Oh, yeah, he does. On March 15th. Without me. And you can get tickets at either Christian and I or Schmoes No social media. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Big live event. What day are you going to be live in Portland? Uh, the 1st, s- the 2nd, and the 3rd, I think. Is that like past Wednesday? Thursday through Saturday. Oh, cool. So if they see this, they might go awesome. this. Yeah. yeah. There you go.
1: There you go. Lee. Wait, Mar- is, Mar- is Markell's live your Twitter uh, and or, and my uh, my website and my Instagram. Oh, okay, but I thought you had like synergy. A Mark Ellis Twitter, and then you also had a Mark Ellis live Twitter just for your baller. shows. That's, and, like, all it is, that's yeah. way too. Baller. Follow this for the that's most
0: boring, boring. boring dates.
1: Yeah, no, it's all one right thing. Now. Yeah.
0: Uh, for everyone else out there if
1: you are watching
0: this and you want to see what the post show might look like well go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny throw us a buck and you can watch this show live we're about to wrap this up but that's not the end of it the end of it actually is probably gonna be 15-20 minutes from now when we really talk about the dark shit (laughs) what's it gonna be what's the dark shit gonna be Uh, of course you can get this podcast each and every day youtube.com slash kind of funny 9 a.m. it's not each and every day it's Fridays 9 a.m. but you can watch me on the morning show 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time every day or him on The Morning Show and Games Daily right after that. It's been our absolute pleasure to entertain you today. I love you all. Have, depending on what day you're watching this, a wonderful weekend.